Jeremiah chapter 15 and the 19th verse. This people may turn against you, but you are not to turn to them. This people may turn against you, but you are not to turn to them. Jeremiah the prophet takes us into a very dark space. It is clear that he feels extremely sorry for himself. He also feels that the God whom he has served by a succession of virtues, that is commitment and isolation, itself bred of personal righteousness and self-blame, has let him down in that wonderful phrase he uses, like a deceitful brook. The brook obviously has all the look of being sparkling, cool and refreshing. But once he gets to it, Jeremiah is faced with looking at and living with the same old Jeremiah. The brook does not, nor can it, deliver something better. It delivers an accurate reflection. And so Jeremiah sees only his own reflection there, and he's none too happy. His sadness is leading him round in a circle. He is a soul in torment with himself and with God. The advice God gives him is interesting and insightful. And to us in our contemporary world of counseling and therapy, probably comes across to some of us as uncomforting and heartless. Interestingly, God does not actually analyze Jeremiah. Rather, he gives him a job of work to do. If you turn back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. And God goes on to add more realism to what he has already said. This people may turn against you, but you are not to turn to them. And so, as I say, God offers Jeremiah not conventional sympathy or therapy. God offers Jeremiah no direct criticism either for his self-pity. God offers Jeremiah a challenge and a new job of work to do. And God also makes him a promise. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. Very few could afford to clad walls in bronze then or now. I realize that I describe, perhaps at more length than you might find necessary, the interchange between Jeremiah and God. But I'd suggest that in certain ways, it speaks to the condition of quite a number of us. As we live with coming through six months of isolation as a result of the coronavirus in Ireland and globally. It is all too easy for those of us who survived thus far to remember the beginning. It took no more than a week for the world as we know it effectively to fold up. To return to that fascinating image of Jeremiah, it became like a deceitful brook. All sparkle, no water. A range of people has addressed the issue of what God is saying to us in the pandemic. I myself am not over-convinced of this type of approach, unless it is exercised with extreme caution. What I would like to suggest 
is that Jeremiah may be helpful to us in the journey we must now take through and beyond the pandemic. This is not to say that everyone has been crushed by the self-doubt or indeed the self-absorption to which Jeremiah gives prophetic voice. Because many wonderful people have done many wonderful things. But I would actually be surprised whether anyone who was not affected deeply and negatively during that time. It could have been for any number of reasons. Perhaps sadness for others or sadness for themselves. Fear and loss again for others and for themselves. Amazement and even guilt that we and others have survived while so many others simply have not. This is what is rightly called trauma. And it is extremely painful and destructive, both of individuals and of communities. And I think we've not yet even begun properly to recognize or to analyze it, let alone address it. When we move to the gospel today, we see Jesus being equally straight with Peter and with the disciples. He tells them what is about to unfold in his own life and through his own suffering. This leads him into something that we do not expect, I imagine, to be hearing as the summer comes to its close and as September stares us in the face. And it's this, following this person called Jesus means a combination of denying yourself and taking up the cross and following him alone. Now I'd say a few things about the cross. The cross is not confined to Holy Week and to Good Friday. The cross is not to be feared. The cross is to be lived by us in everyday things as everyday people. It involves, if we follow the scriptural thread, a complete turnaround of fortunes. Losing something precious suddenly becomes finding it. Now, when you play off your own life against the whole world around you, what cards do you have in your hand? You are, in fact, gambling with your own life. These are raw and rugged scenarios. Scenarios from Holy Scripture. Scenarios we rarely paint for ourselves. It is to St. Paul in the letter to the Romans that we turn for a way through all of this, day by day and hour by hour. Because this is what St. Paul says. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. The one thing we're encouraged not to do is to take the divine law into our own hands. In fact, if we listen carefully, we're encouraged to do the very opposite, and that's this. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Give food and drink to our enemies. It would be all too easy to be very sad, vindictive even. It would be all too easy to be personally defeated, 
to see everything before us like that deceitful brook. This scriptural wisdom which I've offered you may indeed be no more advanced than the distinction between the glass half full and the glass half empty. What we need to find is the living water of St. John, not the deceitful brook of the prophet Jeremiah. However, now that we have effectively emerged from the lockdown, we hope, now that we are looking unblinkingly at the future, what are our understandings and our emotions about ourselves and about others? Are we going to continue to ask questions about who is our neighbour? Are we going to give up on listening out to the sound of the river when we are out for a walk with the dog, simply because it is twice as difficult to hear its cheerful course? Now that the economy is up and running, now that the traffic is never ceasing, and we're part of it all. I want to suggest one thing only, and it's this. Let us make something as simple as a list. A list of new things that have cost us absolutely nothing when we were in lockdown, and which we really enjoyed for ourselves and for others. And let's go further. Let us tithe them. Let us decide to give one-tenth of our attention to these things for the future, as we, the fortunate ones, who have been given a second chance at living the life of the earth itself, move forward. Ecology we cannot now neglect. And in regard to the word kindness itself, dependent as we were on the Minister for Health, Simon Harris, for putting it to the forefront of our daily vocabulary. That word, kindness. Let us follow the advice of St. Paul to the Roman Church, a sophisticated, difficult sort of Christian community, as we find that advice expressed in verse 9 of chapter 12. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing up.